Hello and welcome to European Pharmaceutical Reviews podcast. In this episode, we're discussing the use of digital twins in pharmaceutical development and manufacturing. And I'm thrilled to be joined by Loredana Vajajini, Senior Manager, Principal Product Owner, VXTech R&D at GSK. My name is Hannah Balfour. I'm the science writer for European Pharmaceutical Review, and I will be your host today. As the industry works to establish interconnectivity, leveraging automation, machine learning, and real-time data in the transition to Pharma 4.0, digital twins have emerged as a solution to increase productivity and efficiency in drug development and manufacturing, while also enhancing drug quality. In this episode, Loredana introduces the concept of digital twins, discussing the work GSK has undertaken with these technologies and how they could develop over the next decade. Hi, Loredana. Thank you for joining me today. To start us off, could you briefly tell me about your current role and industry experience? Yes, of course. My current role is Senior Manager Principal Product Owner in GSK Vaccines Tech R&D, so the IT group. And I work hand-in-hand with business product owners to support functions, in my case, TRD vaccines, to design, develop, and support innovative systems. I've been working over 12 years in the pharma space, even though I joined GSK last year, And I've always worked in IT, uh, in business-facing functions, where I have always worked in innovation activities, supporting business like research, like uh, manufacturing, and now TRD. Fabulous. So what exactly are digital twins and why are they being developed and implemented in the pharma industry? So... The digital twins term refers to sometimes very different types of implementations, but what they have in common is that you start from a process product or service and you create a digital virtual equivalent of it. What varies among these different implementations is the extent to which you build automated connections between the two worlds. So if you, at the beginning, just implement a model or a digital brain that copies something physical, you create a digital twin level one, which is also called digital model. If you go one step further and you implement a data flow that connects automatically the physical world and the digital copy, you get to a digital twin level two or a digital shadow. And if you go one step beyond and close the loop, so bring data flowing automatically from the digital world to the physical, then you get a full digital twin or a level three digital twin. And you can also see that digital twins support the four levels of analytics with their use cases. So you can have digital twins that are descriptive. So for example, if you think about monitoring use cases, you can have twins helping in answering the question, what happened? If you think about diagnostic analytics, you can have digital twins that support understanding why did it happen? And that is used for quality assurance or performance use cases. Then you can have digital twins that support the predictive analytics. So predictive maintenance is a typical example where you answer the question, what is going to happen? And finally, you have use cases of digital twins that support the prescriptive analytics, where you have 
answers on what action should be taken. So for control and autonomous behavior use cases, which is also what we are implementing right now in the vaccines at TRD space. That is fascinating and interesting to hear about all the different types. So why are pharma companies working on digital twins and what are the potential benefits they're seeing? So looking at vaccines, but this is common to pharma more in general, the pandemic has highlighted more than ever before that we need a way to develop and manufacture vaccines quickly. And it is fair to say that the traditional manufacturing process and development process is not as advanced as it could in terms of automation and digitalization. And this leads to, you know, long timelines. Even if we have systems already in place that can help in this journey of digitalization, like artificial intelligence or process analytical technology tools, they are still not used uh, in an interconnected fashion. And this is where digital twins play a role because they really connect the different pieces together and they really pave the way for faster and more robust process development and manufacturing. And what have regulators or pharmacopoeias said about the application of digital twins? So digital twins are still relatively new uh, to the regulators, but what we know is that the introduction of modern technologies that support quality is really encouraged. And in our specific implementation, as as I said, we're building level three digital twins. So we're aiming at controlling the process without human intervention. And that's the tricky piece that we need to carefully validate and confirm with authorities. On top of it, of course, there's always the artificial intelligence challenge in terms of validation. But for both challenges, so the automated behavior and the artificial intelligence, we are working at GSK as a group. We are coming together from different functions and really looking at the guidelines that we have from regulators and trying to build an approach that is common. So to make sure that we all go in the same direction. And the other thing we are doing is making sure that we have communication with the health authorities, for example, through a knowledge sharing session so that they know what we are doing and they can, you know, provide feedback. That really interesting. And as always with novel technologies, it takes time for them to be accepted and implemented. So can you elaborate a bit more on the work that GSK has done with Digital Twins and where they've been applied with the company? Yeah, so they are actively being implemented in R&D and manufacturing. In fact, there's a number of projects around digital twins and they go from process development digital twins as we do to engineering and predictive maintenance, for example. But the one use case that I'm more familiar with, of course, is the one related to the project I work on, which is for process development in TRD. So, Laradana, could you tell us a little bit more about your specific project and what the digital twin you're working on is and what it does? Yes, of course. So the digital twins we are building are for process development in TRD. And we are working at building a library of twins supporting the different steps of the process. So we start with mechanistic models that translate the scientific knowledge and that allow us to have digital twins very early in the development phase where we don't have a lot of historical data to base our models on. So we have these mechanistic models and we use them to produce simulated data. 
With the simulated data, what we do is we train machine learning models so that we can have a faster calculation as opposed to mechanistic models. Mechanistic models can take up to days to run, while ML models take seconds. And the reason why we need so fast answers is because we want to be able to control the process with the answers from our models. So to give you an example, let's imagine a bioreactor where you have a cell culture. We have sensors that are connected to the equipment and that collect real-time data. So we get process data through simple sensors. We get multidimensional data through process analytical technology. And we manage these data with data historians or PAT software. The data is then fed in real time to the machine learning models. And what they do is they estimate the end quality of the batch. And if they foresee a potential deviation in the end quality, they also identify actions to be taken as a countermeasure in the equipment to make sure that the deviation doesn't actually occur. So we get these predictions and we send the actions to the equipment itself to be implemented. And this is a closed loop that I mentioned before. What we also do with the models is we use them in an offline fashion. So we use them to run simulations because the twins are able to simulate experiments. So as opposed to running all the development experiments in the lab, we can run some of them in silico in seconds, as opposed to the weeks that our cell culture takes in the real lab. And we can then optimize the process virtually before we go in the lab. And this introduces you know, a huge benefit in terms of reduction of timelines for R&D. And we also leverage the machine learning capability of self-improving. So the more data we get, the more experiments we run, the more accurate the models become. And so we keep retraining our models and deploying them to the lab so that we increase every time the quality of our predictions and of our actions. And what kind of benefits has GSK found with the implementation of digital twins? In our project, we started building a library of digital twins for process development. What it means is that we are developing a twin for each unit operation of the process development. And it is true that it takes time at the beginning, but uh, the assumption that we have is that once we have the library in place, it will be faster for us to use the same models and digital twins for other vaccines under the same unit operation. So under this assumption, the benefits that we expect are accelerated R&D timelines because we will be able to use the twins for simulation. So in the process development, we will be able to run some of the experiments in silico and to reduce the number of experiments we run in the lab. So this means also a better environmental footprint because less experiments mean less waste. The other benefit that we are anticipating is around quality. Because with digital twins, we will not only be able to monitor quality in real time, but also to make sure that it is assured in a way, because we will be able to act on the process and to prevent deviations from happening. And the other benefit that we see is around manufacturing. So the ability to maximize the reliability of supply by minimizing the waste and maximizing the yield of each batch. That's uh, quite incredible how much benefit you expect it to have. So based on your experience and your work, what are the key considerations when a company's looking to develop or, and implement a digital twin? Sort of what's required to implement a digital twin? 
Yeah, so you need a set of enabling functionalities to be in place before you start. So you need some OT or edge hardware systems to be in place. In our case, you need equipment, you need sensors, you need process analytical technologies, you need automation to be in place. On top of it, you also need enabling OT and edge software, like data historians to handle data coming from sensors, PAT software to manage data coming from PAT probes. You need user interfaces to show the users in the lab what is happening real time in the process. And on top of this, you also need IT systems to make sure that all the different pieces are connected and that the data flows in the two directions that I mentioned before. So you need data pipelines, you need data lakes in the cloud, you need the ability to handle machine learning models to train and retrain them. So it's really a plethora of systems that you need to have in place before you can implement a digital twin. And of course, you also need to have a skilled team to be able to work on those technologies. So you need data scientists, data architects, process experts, modelers, all sorts of different capabilities available. And that can be really challenging at the beginning to put together such a strong team that has a deep business knowledge. And beyond those requirements, what challenges and limitations might are there for digital twins? So it is a research activity. So you need to expect that you will be trying something and failing. That's something you need to take into consideration. The other thing, and this is common to all the AI projects, is that data availability is critical. In our case, we start early in the process development, so we don't have historical data to leverage for our machine learning models. And hence, you need to have a strategy on how to create simulation data quality simulation data and on how to make sure that you capture as much data as possible every time you run an experiment and to be sure that you structure it in a good way. And in terms of complexity, really the biggest one is really the technology. It is such a complex system that it's very difficult to put in place. And there's always a risk to build something that is specific to a lab in our case. And if you go down that path, you will miss the chance of industrializing what you do later on. So there's always some thought leadership that you need to put in place in terms of designing the right architecture, making it as abstract as possible, as agnostic as possible of the specificity of the lab so that you can transfer what you do in R&D to ideally manufacturing later on. And obviously, digital twins are a relatively new innovation. So what developments have there been recently? We, as said, we are building this library of digital twins. And as we do so, we're also looking at how we can industrialize what we're doing. So this new challenge of the industrialization is being faced in three different ways. The first one is the biological side. So we're looking at how we can connect digital twins of the different steps to simulate the end-to-end process and to maximize the value there. In addition to that, we are looking at building digital twins for biological platforms so that uh, once we have a model or a twin available for one vaccine, we can easily reuse it for other vaccines that are using the same expression system or the same medium, for example. The other way we are addressing the industrialization is by looking at the technical side. 
And we're doing it with the introduction of a streaming data platform that we use as a single point of connection for all the different systems that make the digital twin tool. And the idea is that this OT streaming platform will be used as single point of connection, reducing the complexity of the environment and also ensuring that the digital twins will not be too much linked to the specificity of a lab. So whatever the PLC type will be, whatever the equipment type will be, uh, we will be able to reuse the same models because the models will be talking to the streaming platform only. And this will allow the transfer of the twins to other businesses or to other labs still in R&D. And it will also make changes easier to handle. Uh, if there's a change in one source system, the streaming platform serving as a single point of connection will make sure that models will not be impacted by the change. And this is a great advantage if you look at manufacturing, for example, where the GMP regulation is quite heavy. The other aspect of technology we're looking at is TwinOps, so a platform, an engine for AIML that uh, standardizes the work around uh, AI models for digital twins. So they are really uh, introducing standards and making sure that they are followed. Uh, they are looking at ensuring that what's being developed by one team is reused and standardized for other teams. So really working at company level, making sure that all the twins can leverage this functionality. And the third element for industrialization is the strategy. We are looking at TRD, but also working together with manufacturing to make sure that the twins we develop are agreed with them and so transferred once available together with the manufacturing process. That is really fascinating and uh, interesting to hear about all the different strategy and the way you're working at developing these innovations. So how do you anticipate either within GSK or outside of it, these technologies to develop over the next five to 10 years? So digital twins are still an emerging technology and uh, the wider adoption of them is expected in two to five years from now. So all the companies that are been, have been working on twins are now looking at ways to standardize and to expand on their work. Based on what I've seen at GSK, what we can anticipate or what we expect is for digital twins to become an integral component of the process development. So in a way to be embedded in the process developments that will happen in future and to be a part of the transfer to manufacturing, as I said. The other thing we can anticipate is to have process digital twins connected to supply chain digital twins. So really becoming, you know, company digital twins and expanding more and more. And when it comes to manufacturing, we expect them to be working more and more on predictive maintenance, for example. That is really fascinating. So what excites you about the digital twin systems? So digital twins are pure innovation and they connect and bring together all sorts of business knowledge and technical capabilities and because of that, they really have the potential to bring an immense value to the patient and they really make a difference in allowing faster and better delivery of our products. And while you work at these projects, you really feel the impact that the technology can make. And this makes it really the most exciting project to be working on. 
Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have to discuss today. Thank you, Loredana, for sharing your insights on this absolutely fascinating technological development for the pharma industry, and particularly talking about your specific project and the benefits that can be realised with digital twins. On behalf of European Pharmaceutical Review and Loredana Vajajini, thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us for our next episode.